0: When you were born you were told you were a blank slate, an empty canvas waiting for the world to transcribe language in a predetermined set of instructions. Indeed the world assigned you a path to follow. Therefore how you see yourself in the world around you has mostly been downloaded into your conscious and subconscious mind. Yet you have a higher consciousness, some call it a soul, and that soul comes with its own unique blueprint. Most of your life is spent searching for that blueprint, for therein lies your true authentic self, that voice within that sees more than you see and knows more than you know, the one that in the eyes of the world seems rebellious at times because it seeks autonomy, because it dares to be free. Welcome to UrbanX Real Talk Fitness Radio, I'm your host, Tiaja. Thanks for tuning in to today's broadcast. Today we we are going to move into deep waters. So you're going to have to trust your eyes and ears and mind and heart for such is true freedom. Now, Webster's Dictionary defines freedom as the power or right to act, speak, or think without hindrance or restraint. Thus the opposite of freedom isn't slavery, it's the fear to choose to act, to speak, or to think for oneself without hindrance or restraint. The Pentagon recently released a statement saying that 90% of war in the future will be information. Think about that, 90% of all war. Historically, wars were never just philosophical in nature. You fought individuals, you started wars with nations. But in today's 24-7 news cycle, we have witnessed the rise of propaganda wars. Some have chosen to call such wars false flag events or fake news, yet the war on food, that is what you should or should not eat versus what is safe or what is harmful to eat has been waged for a very long time. Beginning all the way back in the 1950s, a growing body of scientific propaganda began vilifying the meat and dairy industry because it was believed that both were directly responsible for the rising rates of disease. By 1961, the American Heart Association began recommending a diet low in saturated fat and cholesterol. Sound familiar? By 1977, the official language was changed from reduced consumption of meat to choose meats, poultry, and fish that would reduce saturated fat. Can you see the subtle difference? Now fast forward to today, and you can no longer advise the American public to eat less of something. Nor can you use the word cure. Powerful interests now fully control the narrative. Nutrients, not whole foods, can be placed on trial. Which means you can no longer say, for example, eating red meat causes cancer. But you are allowed to say that the saturated fats in red meats may be linked to cancer. Just as you can no longer proclaim a particular fruit or vegetable has protective properties against cancer, you can only say the antioxidants or carotenes found in fruits and vegetables have been shown to have protective properties against cancer. So what did the early so-called food and health and fitness propaganda wars teach us? They taught us that information can be rife with misinformation and deception. Yet to the undiscerning mind, misinformation is information. And since the forecast is that 90% of all wars will be informational in the future, it is more imperative than ever for you and I to equip ourselves with the right information, to be informed rather than misinformed. Sometimes you have to be prepared to wrestle lies to the ground, particularly if those lies compromise your ability to be free. Let's face it. You are no longer in control of the narrative when it comes to what you eat or your health in general. But shouldn't you be? Are you free to be fit? Let's take a closer look. I've never seen an infant cry for a mirror or a weight scale. I've never seen a child raise his or her hand and exclaim that I want to be overweight when I grow up. Nor have I seen an adult forced in a corner and made to become an addict. You've been told and frankly sold a lot of things relative to health and fitness. And while some things have been factual, a great deal of what you've been told and sold have been lies. Not just for the sake of misleading you per se, but rather because you are more valuable as a consumer or commodity forced in a corner. But you are not alone. More than 50% of the world's 2.1 billion obese live in 10 countries and if you rank them from the most obese, it would read the U.S., China, India, Russia, Brazil, Mexico, Egypt, Germany, Pakistan, and Indonesia. Which means today more than one-third of the world's population spends a good portion of their lives not seeking autonomy, self-expression, or even true freedom. But instead they seek the most basic of human freedoms And that is to live a life that is free from disease And the imminent threat of a premature death Think about that All that creative potential imprisoned by the fear to act, speak or think for oneself Without hindrance or restraint And rather than being free to perhaps one day find a cure for cancer Most of their lives will be spent trying to prevent it Still think you're free to be fit? According to the World Health Organization, for the first time in human history, overconsumption is now a greater threat to world health than is malnutrition. Obesity has become a worldwide pandemic. However, obesity is no longer just a disease of overconsumption. It has equally become a disease of misinformation. See, the first thing you must understand about obesity is that the number of fat cells in your body were more or less set during childhood and adolescence, and that's irrespective of you being thin or obese. Also, during adulthood, about 8% of those fat cells will die each and every year, only to be replaced by new ones. As a result, you have a constant number of fat cells, even if you lose massive amounts of weight. It is the changes in the volume of fat cells that causes your body weight to fluctuate, not the actual loss of fat cells, as is popularly believed. Well, at least that's what the health and fitness industry wants you to believe. That you can rid your body of fat by purchasing a weight loss program, or eating a certain diet, or going extreme when exercising, which is a lie. Reducing your fat volume to extremes can have a deleterious effect on the body equal to being overweight. It's no secret that women, for example, can lose their menstrual cycle once their body fat percentage or volume dips below 10%. So unless you're training for bodybuilding competitions professionally, it makes no real biological sense to reduce fat volumes to such extreme low levels. The same with extreme forms of training I've personally known way too many people and have read about numerous others who ended up in some emergency room because they blew out an MCL or ACL or tore their Achilles or broke several bones doing extreme sports like CrossFit. And the funny thing was none of them were doing it competitively. Not one aspired to be in the CrossFit Games. But ask any of any one of them and they will and they will proudly defend what they admit is an addiction. Somehow being addicted and fit doesn't belong in the same sentence, don't you agree? And while we're talking extremes, why would running a marathon be on anyone's bucket list? Is it solely because it has become a fad with celebrities like Oprah to run marathons or 10Ks? So who's in control of the narrative? And when did looking fit become our new national obsession? And why does looking fit seem to be more important than being healthy and fit? Still, let's go deeper. Each chocolate donut or chicken breast you consume writes an inscription, an autobiology, if you will. Which is to say, what you eat becomes information to the body, and over time, such information becomes pages, then chapters, then volumes, which are read by every cell which ultimately determines your HQ, that is, your health quotient. Food is a binding biochemical contract with the body with the objective that what is eaten will allow the body to continue its work of sustaining life without the disruption of disease or injury. This is why the body doesn't care if you're vegan or paleo, you might. But the body does not. It doesn't discriminate, which is why you can feed it quote-unquote junk food every day and it will still manage to salvage from the junk food life-sustaining nutrients. Philosophical differences in what you eat, when you eat, and how much you eat are just that, philosophical differences. Such debates are merely imposed cultural values because when it comes to the miracle of eating, which is essentially converting food to energy, the body doesn't choose sides. But then there's the darker side of the food and fitness propaganda wars, called eugenics, whereby GMOs are manufactured to literally switch off neurotransmitters and hormones in our bodies and brains, leaving us with the inability to feel satiated. Hormones such as leptin, a hormone that normally keeps appetites in check and boosts metabolism, can be switched off by suppressing magnesium. It sort of reminds me of those apps that request God-like permissions to control your device. Those that auto-update and delete or read or request to post on your behalf. And unless you manually assign preferences, the app can take full control of your device. Well, the same is true with the body. You have to manually assign preferences, especially when it comes to what you eat since the blueprint you're too often following is not of your own design. Food manufacturers chemicalize and modify the food in such a way that the chemicals in the food impact your body's chemistry by authorizing these chemicals to switch processes on and off in the body without your knowledge. Ironically, an app on your phone needs permission to perform such tasks. But the food and drug companies don't need your permission to do this. They're not obligated by law to tell you what their ingredients really are or what potential harm they could do to your health. Such widespread genetic engineering offers an explanation, at least in part, as to why nearly one-third of the world's population is overweight. After all, the human body doesn't naturally store more calories than it uses especially to the tune of hundreds of pounds of body fat, which could potentially threaten the very life force of the body it is designed to protect. Biological tampering is the only explanation. That is, something would have to be switched off and something switched on in order for that to happen naturally. This is why I always told those clients who were grossly overweight that though they were complicit, they were not solely responsible for their weight condition a whole lot of marketing and chemically altered food had to be manufactured, then consumed, before the body would adapt to such an unnatural paradigm where it would allow calories to almost metastasize in the body, leaving the liver and pancreas little choice but to convert the phantom calories into fat. The health and fitness industry knows this. In America, Food has become a philosophical war within. Not just a war of the mind, but of the body as well. It is biochemical warfare. Thus, our our obsession with food has actually made us sicker. We have developed food phobias, uh, meaning we don't know what to eat, nor do we trust what we eat. Another often overlooked aspect of health and fitness is mental and emotional health. Sadly, America leads the world in depression medication. Which is to say, Americans are the most clinically depressed people on the planet. Let me cite just a few examples. According to the American Psychological Association, depression affects 1 in 10 Americans. Women experience depression at roughly twice the rate of men. Approximately 12 million women are diagnosed with depression every year. And 50% of them believe depression is a normal part of aging. So, what's my point? My point is only 1% of Americans ever achieve a six pack, yet, it is the most sought after goal amongst those Americans who diet and exercise. Not health, not even real fitness, but a six pack. Beauty sells. And when the media perpetuates images that are unattainable, those images can cause long-term psychological damage, particularly in adolescent girls. We are all aware of the psychology behind media-driven images of beauty, whether in the fashion industry, music industry, or pop culture in general, and that the quote-unquote ideal body image is still a thin one. But not only does the so-called beauty industry perpetuate such images, the fitness industry does the same it might as well be called the fitness imagery instead of fitness industry because it too is in the business of selling vanity to a wanton public just flip through any so called fitness magazine and you'll see two things one incredible bodies and physiques and two the products they allege help them to achieve them that's it no need to read any further After all, who doesn't want a small waistline anchored by a six pack of abs or nice toned legs or head turning muscular arms or a manly or feminine chest or a nice physique in general? Who doesn't want to look attractive to the opposite sex? But what does looking, quote unquote, healthy actually have to do with being healthy? Let's keep it real. You can be healthy and fit but just because you're quote-unquote fit doesn't mean you're healthy. Health is all-inclusive. It is the whole. It is far greater than the sum of its parts and fitness, very frankly, is simply one of its parts. If I picked a beautiful flower and I handed it to you, you could dissect the flower, but you wouldn't find its beauty there. Instead, you would find leaves, petals, and a stem. You, have, you would have parts of a whole flower, but you wouldn't have a flower in its wholeness. And only in its wholeness could you see its beauty and health this wholeness. As previously stated, America is a psychologically depressed country, and body image plays an integral role in that. But I can hear you now, if only you could get into that size six or drop 25 pounds or gain 10 pounds of muscle or have longer hair or grow your hair back period you'd be happy right you'd be fit right I recently saw a Nutrisystem commercial where their latest promo was promising you that you'll lose 13 pounds in 30 days on their quote unquote new plan Weight Watchers is offering join for a dollar and receive a free bluetooth body analysis scale but what does a scale really tell you about you or your health or a fitbit watch now don't get me wrong biofeedback is very cool and it can be a useful tool like knowing how many steps you take in a day is a measurable achievement of some kind but your body could care less at least not in the way you think it should even one extra step is looked upon with trepidation by the body because that one extra step draws the body out of its adaptation norm or comfort zone, so you can imagine what an additional 10,000 steps must mean. It's literally a physical assault, and any kind of physical exertion done repetitiously above the adaptation norm sounds an alert throughout the body because now, depending on how demanding the new task, your body must build the necessary infrastructure to stave off potential injury that any new level of physical exertion may cause. Not only must it build it, once built, it must maintain it. So bottom line, whether you eat like an omnivore or vegan, you need to make sure you ingest enough of the correct raw materials to give the body an assist in building a strong disease-resistant infrastructure. Biologically speaking, That's the real definition of inclusive fitness. I'm not a vegan, nor do I have any immediate plans to be one, but I do believe what Michael Pollack suggests in his book, in defense of food, that meat should be thought of more as a side dish than a main course. Yet it is not just food that is making us sick. It's how we think of food and let's keep it real. The other part of what's driving the escalating rate of sickness and disease is the inescapable inescapable fact that Americans are more image conscious than they are healthy. Nearly all of the once sacred nutritional orthodoxies are crumbling, but most Americans don't notice because they're stuck in the collapsing building. Dear friends, I wish above all things that you prosper and be in health just as your soul prospers but you must first give yourself permission to act speak and think without hindrance or restraint such is true freedom and you cannot be healthy or fit without it this is Tiaja and you've been listening to Urban X Real Talk Fitness Radio thank you for listening As always, in health, peace.